We are living in unprecedented times in America. Yes, the culture wars are real and by no means trivial, and it's only going to get harder before it gets better. But we have to train up the next generation, not only to hold the ground for biblical truth against the encroaching advances of progressive indoctrination, cultural Marxism, and government overreach, but to take back ground for life, liberty, and truth in the public square. How are we going to do that without a well-informed citizenry, especially a citizenry who does not have a bedrock basis to defend freedom. And what about Gen Z and Gen Alpha? Who is reaching them? I talk about all of this and more with Rick Green on the Give Me Liberty podcast starting now. And welcome back to the Give Me Liberty podcast. I'm joined by the founder of Patriot Academy in Texas, the Lone Star State, Rick Green joins us to talk about biblical citizenship, all starting now. Brother, welcome. Hey, Ryan. Good to be with you, man. So I this is a conversation we've wanted to have for a, for a while. I appreciate all the things that you're doing. Um, you're, you're in touch, it seems like, with, with youth groups all across the country. Tell us a little bit about Patriot Academy and tell us a little bit about the worldview training you're doing. Sure. Well, I started it when I was a legislator back in the old days, 23 years ago. And my wife and I just were frustrated. We had gone into the Texas house and I kind of idealistic, you know, I thought, hey, we're going to line up on one side, the other side's going to line up on the other, and we're just going to debate and the best bill's going to win. And I realized, wow, there's very few people here that have any concept of conservative principles, of constitutional ideas, all of that. And so we said, you know what? We need education. We need to raise up a new generation that has principle, that has integrity, but really understands what it means to have a limited government. So we started Patriot Academy to bring kids into the state capitol, 16 to 25-year-olds. For a week, they get to be a legislator. So they're on the real house floor in the real committee rooms. They get to hear from all kinds of great speakers. And they leave that week going, okay, now I know what it means to be a good citizen. I know how to live this out. They've gone on. We've got about 10 members of Congress. We've got legislators from all over the country, local elected officials that have been through one of our courses, either the one at the Capitol or our Constitution classes. So it's not just the kids anymore, though, Ryan. It's like four generations now that have come through school systems that didn't teach civics. So now we do Constitution classes in living rooms, churches, all over the place. Almost 26,000 Constitution coaches now hosting these classes all over the nation. So there's a hunger for it, and we're meeting that need and teaching people how to be good citizens. That's awesome. I think about there, there's something that that's near and dear to my heart. I spent time in seminary. You know, I I would go through sometimes I'd go through these ethics classes like on theology, right? And dealing also with church and state relations. And part of the thing that would just, you know, it, it would kind of be a little bit of a shocker to recognize that you've got these men who are training for ministry and they so and they, they know so very little about civics. They're almost illiterate. A lot of them were coming out of state schools, secular schools. Maybe they they did that at the undergrad level and they're getting their masters of divinity or something and they're going to go lead a church. But their only idea of government is that we just leave the government to do what the government does. We don't get ourselves involved in state matters. We don't really talk about those things. And there's no, from the pulpit even, where that might be the only opportunity that people get to hear the truth, the truth of God's word, and then how Christians should respond and engage in a Christ-honoring way. And one of the most obvious things uh, that was kind of revealing for everyone was during COVID. You just had so many pastors who their posture immediately was, whatever the government says, let's just do that. And they did not understand 
the degree to which they bore they they sort of bore responsibility yeah. you, as citizens. You are describing the root cause of every problem we have in society today. It was literally the church just stepping out of that process. So think about it. If all those students were coming to seminary with that mindset already, and most seminaries do not teach, no. hey, you need to have a biblical worldview of government as well as everything else, that nothing's off limit. God is you know, sovereign in our lives over everything. Jesus is Lord over everything. We shouldn't leave government off the table. So what you just described is why the schools went into Marxism, why government started taking over more and more of our lives, because we didn't have the biblical influence anymore from the pulpit or from you know, us as Christians. So that's what has to change. Uh, Charles Finney in the Second Great Awakening said that if you got corruption in politics, the pulpit's responsible for it. If you got the press going crazy, the pulpit's responsible for it. I mean, it just goes down this laundry list of problems in society. He said that if that happens, yeah. the pulpit's responsible for it. Meaning the pulpit didn't speak to those issues and give biblical instruction on how to do it God's way. And so we've got to have a total change in America of that mindset of what you just said and not ignore any part of life, business, politics, all of it. The Bible speaks to it. So we need biblical instruction on how to be a good citizen, biblical instruction on how to be a good business owner, how to be a good employee, how all of those things. The Bible applies to everything. And we just sort of thought it was off limits and only get people to walk the aisle, give their life to the Lord, and then we're done. Right. What happened to making disciples, man? The Great Commission is make disciples of all nations, yeah. teaching them to obey everything that he commanded. So we've got to get a much better view of what the commission, uh, the Great Commission is really all about. Uh, amen. I wholeheartedly agree. I think about the challenges of this youngest generation. Many of them are um, uh, lonely as they're walking through sort of, uh, you think about the Gen Z generation, loneliest generation, most depressed, uh, mental health issues. A lot of it has to do with their 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 phones as yep. the source of their, um, their connection to the world, what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're, th a lot of them are not really connected to the outside world. They don't have strong friend groups, right? Um, disconnected even from their parents. So yeah. there's kind of a echo of the Gen X generation, latchkey generation, if yeah. you will. Um, but why is it so important? I, I think this is the thing that, you know, here at Liberty University, we're training champions for Christ. We're trying to reach the next generation. The Standing for Freedom Center, we exist to defend life, liberty, and truth to ensure the foundations of freedom exist for the next generation. You're reaching the next generation. Why is it so important that we try to impact, that we do everything yeah. we can to impact Gen Z and beyond? Well, again, what you just described, man, right at, right at the heart of it, we got, you know, more prosperity than at any time in the history of mankind. We've got more technological advances and actually more ease than at any time in the history of mankind. And yet in that environment, we have more people on psychotropic drugs, more suicide, more depression, more anxiety, more loneliness, like you're describing. You say, wait a minute, it's supposed to be easier. It's supposed to be all. It's because we took God out of the equation. We actually said to these kids, money will make you happy or some title will make you happy. And by pulling God out of the equation, you, use, you lose the real purpose for life. And I think government's the same way. I mean, I see, I see kids that get excited about going into the government realm, but it's all about me, 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 right? It's all about what, what kind of title, how high can I go in, in public office? And now we see the corruption of that because we end up with presidents or whoever that are willing to say, I can take a $5 million bribe. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. It's all about law of the tiger and the shark, power, grabbing power, grabbing money to be happy because they've lost the biblical application. 
application of these things. So the founders of, of our country, obviously, understood the biblical application. So you had to actually draft those guys to run for office. They didn't right. put themselves forward. You had to convince them. I mean, here, the give, me, give me liberty. I mean, Patrick Henry, he didn't want to be governor that That's many right. times, right? They just kept talking him into it. And so I think we've got to restore that. We've got to come back to what does true servanthood mean? What does it mean to actually do public service, not become an elected official? What does it mean to go become a public servant? And that's what we do at Patriot Academy. We try to instill that in these kids. We say, if you want your name in lights, you're in the wrong place. Pack up your bags and go. We yeah. have plenty of empty suits in Washington and in our state legislatures. But if you want to serve, if you want to actually do something, remember Ronald Reagan said, you either want to be somebody or you want to do something. Yeah. We're training up those that want to do something. They don't care who gets the credit. They don't care about the title. They just want to be used by God to do something. And I get to see the positive side of this. So I'm a little bit more optimistic yeah. than most people because I spend my summers going to state capitals around the country and seeing these young people. And I get to see them thriving in that environment of both the biblical worldview and understanding how a constitutional republic works. So I'm more optimistic than most. So I would say to your, your viewers, there is hope. There is a remnant yeah. being raised up. There, there's some good things happening despite all the terrible stuff. I do believe there is a remnant. remnant and I, I'll wholeheartedly amen that God does preserve the faithful, right? Yeah. And and that has always been true throughout biblical history, throughout world history, that there is always a core remnant who doesn't bow the knee, right, right. To, to Baal, doesn't bow the knee to to the to the golden statue, um, and and have remained faithful. And those those people become the the building blocks for the next generation. So you're looking for a university that's perfect for you, a school that has anything you could possibly need. Anything? You want a place that has the programs you want to study, and maybe a few more, just in case you change your mind. I think I'm going to sign up for the fashion design program. All right. A place with state-of-the-art facilities. I mean, look at this campus. And who doesn't love big town sports? Okay, now we're on a roll. Somewhere you can hike, slide, strike, shoot, climb, eat, and most importantly, eat. You want a place that takes you to space? Okay, maybe not, but we can teach you how to fly, or pastor a church, or run a business. And all that with a great view? Yeah, I think I know a place. So you look at the health and vitality of our country early on, uh, you know, in American Revolution, these were all young men. These were not in... Or Jefferson and, was 33 when he wrote the Declaration. That's right. Yeah. So young men, and, and yet, and, and when they went into public office, it was service because they didn't enrich themselves. All of them lost value, lost net worth, right? right? It cost them greatly. Right. Um, when they were... Uh, when they were basically uh, fighting a war of independence from Great Britain, that was the biggest trading partner that they had. Yeah. And actually, a lot of them got poor. There was the whole no taxation without representation. But when they severed that tie, and then you had decades of rebuilding and rebuilding the economy. Freedom mattered more to them than economic prosperity. Yeah. They, yeah. they saw freedom as the, as the way to be truly prosperous. Today, it seems as though, like you say, it is all about material wealth and about money. China tries to bribe their people with, with yeah. things. 
Um, well, even the definition of freedom, though, right? Yeah. I mean, freedom today means, freedom means I get to do anything and everything I want. Yeah. Freedom today, the definition is basically a license for licentiousness instead of the freedom to do good, the freedom to do the right thing, the freedom to, to be able to serve my family, to be able to serve my church, whatever it might be, whatever God's got in terms of calling on your life. But we've changed, we've changed all of that. It's a very different situation because of education. We just yeah. stopped teaching the story, stopped talking about these guys that you were just talking about. I mean, when they... When they pledged their lives, fortune, sacred honor, that wasn't just some, you know, nice pithy statement that Jefferson came up with. They knew I'm going to give my life. They're not just the greatest economic power we're going against; they're the greatest military power. Yeah. Our chances are not great here. We're not. Yeah. The odds are we're going to lose, but yet I'm willing to pledge my life, my fortune, mm -hmm. and my sacred honor. We got to instill some of that in these next couple of generations coming up if we want to save America. Absolutely. So let's talk a bit, a little bit about that. Some of the things that y'all are doing at Patriot Academy, talk about some of these courses. What are y'all doing to, to, to actually instill those principles? Well, one of the positive side effects to things getting so bad, and, 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 and as positive as I am when I say I'm more optimistic than most, I'm fully cognizant that the culture's crumbling all around us, right? But yeah. instead of curling up in the fetal position, we're picking up the pieces and rebuilding, just like you guys. And that's why we love locking shields with you and working with you. And so with these courses that we're doing, these 25,000 constitution coaches out there, what they're doing is they're taking these courses and teaching the basic principles for what the neighborhood ought to look like, what the state legislator, legislature ought to look like. How should Congress be limited instead of this unlimited federal government? We're teaching them these things so they can go out and remake America into that original image of, of a limited government. And people are hungry for it. So one of the positive side effects of it being so bad is everybody's going, whoa, wait a minute. I was just enjoying the blessings of liberty. I didn't have to worry about the bearing the burden. You know, I'm just enjoying life. But now they're seeing kids getting carved up. They're seeing the economy being destroyed. They're seeing their own freedom, as you mentioned earlier, with the COVID lockdowns. Being yeah. told you can't even worship. You can't hug people at church. Can't sing hymns in California, according to Gavin. I mean, all the crazy stuff that happened, right? They're watching that happen. All of a sudden, they're going, wait a minute. Is that really America? And it, who does decide? Like, who makes the decisions mm -hmm. on whether or not the church opens? Who makes the decision on whether or not my business opens? Who makes the decision on whether or not my child gets a particular vaccine? Who makes a decision on, you know, all of these things? And so starting to ask the right questions, we're coming in and helping them discover those answers just by teaching the civics that the schools should have been teaching and just haven't done for 60 years. We're basically filling the gap of what they lost. So that's a really long answer to say, biblical citizenship in modern America, that's our most popular class. We have another one called Constitutional Live that goes deeper into the Constitution. Mm -hmm. But biblical citizenship's Kirk Cameron teaching the monument, David Barton going into the you know founding era, Tim Barton doing a response to the 1619 Project, Rabbi Daniel Lappin's in there. I mean, there's a lot of great teachers great. in the course and it's entertaining. It's not boring. It's not, you know, sure. high school government, you know, I slept, man. It was sure. dull. Just memorizing names. History's boring. Not this class. This isn't man. chess club, basically. Yeah, right. for, for For a bunch of wonks who right. want to know about right. civics and government. It's this fun. It's people of all ages, all right. walks of life, no matter what you know yeah. or don't know, you're going to enjoy it. And you get to be around, you know, you realize you're not alone. I mean, if you sit in a class and you go, oh, wow, there's 30 other people in my church that care about this. Or you're in your living room and people come over, you realize I'm not alone. There's yeah. other people that care about this. And then you're constantly learning things that you never heard before about the nation's history that empower, you know, make you realize, wow, this is a system yeah. worth saving. We do have a great country. We do have a great constitution. And those principles in the declaration really are phenomenal, but you got to learn that stuff. And then the, the last part is the empowerment of learning. I can do something about this. Mm -hmm. I don't just rant and rave. There's something I can do locally to restore this. No, it's really important. One of the things that polling has, has revealed more recently, I think even Gallup has this, that there has 
it seems like two things are happening simultaneously in America. Patriotism is at an all-time low. Yeah. At the same time, belief in God. Like, so when you poll most Americans, especially the youngest generation, um, they're the, by far, the most atheistic or religiously unidentified generation, either declaring, I'm an atheist, I don't believe there's God, or no, I'm not really affiliated, I don't practice any kind of faith. Yeah. One of those two, atheist agnostic, that's at an all-time high. And at the same time, there is this sort of sentiment where people don't really care all that much for their country. Which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If there's no God, there's no right or wrong. There's no value system that's better than any other value system. So why would I be proud of my country if there is no actual standard of truth? They're all the same. Like I remember giving speeches about patriotism 20 years ago. And I remember this kid coming up to me and going, you say you're proud to be an American. American, so what? I mean, big deal. What's special about us? Why are we any better than anybody else? See, that's moral relativism. The value system is no better. Now, lately, we're being told it's even worse, right? Yeah. If there is any good or bad, America's all bad is what they're, they're teaching these days. But used to, we understood, wait a minute, America's not only the most powerful, not only the most free, not only the wealthiest, we're the most benevolent nation in the history of mankind. We're the first ones there to help when there's trauma all around the world. We saved the, the world from, you know, from despotism, communism, Nazism. I mean, we've been a blessing to the entire world. So I, I think that I think they're tied. You don't believe in God, you don't believe in right and wrong. So why is my my American system or any other nation? Yeah. Those same atheists would probably not be proud of whatever other nation they would be in as well. So they kind of go hand in hand. You got to know there's a right and wrong. You got to know there are inputs that produce good outputs for society. There's garbage in, garbage out, good stuff in, good stuff out. Mm -hmm. And the American formula was the best inputs any nation had ever seen. And that's why we became the greatest nation in history. Patriotism comes out of an understanding of that. When you start seeing what we've actually done relative to everyone else, right? We have our sin, of course, as a nation. We've done bad things. Our government does bad things right now. Yeah. But in comparison, to other nations, you realize, whoa, we've yeah. had it really good in this nation. We've been a blessing to the world. We're losing that. We've got to find a way to come back to that truth. The Liberty University Sarah really was awesome. Here comes a big push to the 24 and the inside lane. And William Byron comes off turn four to win. There are some in the Christian world, evangelical world, there are some of those who would say, there's no way that you can really do the gospel justice if you're also about politics. There's no way you can really preach the gospel if you're also thinking about these other things regarding civics. You got to keep those things separate. Um, you know, I think that's poppycock. I don't think that that's, that's uh, reality. But I want, how do you approach that? Um, from the Patriot Academy, how do you how do you approach that as somebody who's committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the authority of God's word, and you also say, hey, we can do both. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. In fact, it's absolutely necessary yeah. to do both. I can't remember a time that I've driven away from church going, man, that, that was a great sermon on how to be a good husband, good father, good wife, good mother, 
and said, honey, we can't apply this when we get home because there's a separation of home and church. Mm. I, don't, I don't ever remember leaving church going, yeah, man, that was a great sermon on how to be a good employee or can't use it tomorrow at work, separation of work and church. Why do we do that when it comes to politics and to government and our society and how our neighborhoods are formed? The gospel applies to everything. There's nothing off limits. So if I am going to truly live according to the Bible, if I'm truly surrendering all to Christ, then that means I'm surrendering my society as well and my role in society. Now, if we lived in a totalitarian state, it'd be a little different. We wouldn't have a lot of responsibility. But here, man, you are Caesar. I am Caesar. So if we're going to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's, we got to know how to do Caesar well. Yeah. I mean, he's given us the ability to do that. Whether we like it or not, that's what we've been given. That's, that's where we've been planted. So to rebuild the walls in our Nehemiah world that we live yeah. in, we've been given the tools to do that. And to not do so is basically, as Bonhoeffer said, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. itself. We're yeah. sitting on the sidelines making the mistake the you know, German church did and allowed evil to take over the nation. I pray that doesn't happen. I think there is a wake up going on, but it comes to the heart of it's what you just said, yeah. that believers have got to recognize there's no area off limits and that being a good citizen is part of, in fact, it's actually Charles Finney again, but he, he actually said in our nation, God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take in politics because he said our religion is just part, or our, our government is just part of a religion yeah. in a country such as this, meaning we live in a country where we control our government, not the other way around. And yeah. therefore, anything we do, we want to do as unto God, not unto men. So it's just part of our religion. Yeah, we have a we have right here in the studio, just over there, a quote from Dr. Jerry Falwell, founder of Liberty University, literally says the the idea that religion and politics don't mix is a lie the devil came up with to keep Christians from running their own country. Amen. And I mean, he could not be more right, especially today. And if we don't, who does, right? If we're not involved, who's going to be... The people that, you know, are completely void of right or wrong or, or truth. And everybody says they want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but you don't get that without the bookends. We hold these truths to be self-evident, and then you get to life, liberty, and pursuit. But you got to have truth, which yeah. where do you get truth? George Washington said religion and morality are indispensable supports of political prosperity. So you got to have truth. And then on the other end of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is consent of the governed. Yeah. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So... We are the governed. The only way life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness exist is if we build it on truth, and then we hold government accountable by giving or refusing our consent. So if you want to share the gospel freely, if you want to be able to worship like you believe God's called you to worship, you better be building a nation on truth, and you better be telling your government officials either you have consent or you don't have consent, or you're going to lose the ability to live out your faith. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Final question for you. Thinking about the state of you know public education all across this country, I'm committed um, to educational freedom and educational choice. I believe in private school. I believe in charter school. I believe in homeschool. Um, but also believe in not abandoning the public education model yeah. because if we do that, we do that to our own detriment. When I think about the citizens that are gonna inhabit this country in the future, that my son and daughters are gonna be a part of, right. I want them to be have the best education they can have, even though they might, I might not send them to the local school, public school, I still care about what's going on there. I have to imagine that at Patriot Academy with all the young people that are coming in, part of what you're doing is building a resiliency with what you're seeing in public education, even responding to some of these things that are coming up and some of these Texas schools and schools across yeah. the country. Um, how are you reinforcing freedom with them? I mean, I, I know about preparing, you know, in terms of the future, in terms of 
legislation and running for office, but just even the here and now with their current context, what are y'all doing there? Well, first of all, on everything that you said, I totally agree. And, and, and think about it this way. If you if you start a restaurant and it's the best restaurant in town, you're feeding people really, really well. Yeah. Just because you do that well, does that mean you don't care about the homeless guy down the street? Does that mean you don't ever go be a part of mobile lo- loaves and fishes or some other ministry that's taking care of them? No, you're still involved in all those areas. So I'm all for starting private schools. I homeschool, we homeschool, I say I, my wife did all the hard work, you know how that <laughs> yeah. goes. But we homeschooled our four kids, right? And then and then sent them to Liberty. But I mean, the whole point is you you, you may choose those things for yourself, but that doesn't mean you ignore all those kids that are left in that public school. So we're very involved in trying to influence what's going on in the local public schools, stopping this march t- towards just absolute Marxism in our in our schools, because 80% of the kids are still there, and they're yeah. going to vote, right? They're going to be leaders of the next generation right. as well. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. That's also why I'm a big supporter of competition. Competition works with every product. It always makes the product better. It always makes the person providing the product more accountable to the consumer, which is the parent. Yeah. And so we need competition in, in education for sure. As far as the kids, as they come through the program, you used exactly the right word, resilience. I mean, teaching them to be able to enter a world that is no longer going to confirm the values they learned at home, at least not for a while. I think we're at least a generation away from turning this thing around. It's not going to happen overnight. So my kids, your kids, they're going to come into a world where they have to be able to stand their ground and they have to be able to articulate why that's good ground to stand on. It's not enough for us to just have backbone and say, this is the right way to go. No, we got to convince more people this is why this is the right way to go. God's way is not only right, it works best. The results speak for themselves. You can show it. I can actually teach every biblical principle with regard to public policy without ever quoting a Bible verse because I can just show the history of where it's been used and what the result is that you got. So I I think that's important for those kids to understand. You got to know why you believe what you believe. You got to have the courage to stand and be bold, have the backbone to do that, but you've got to be able to articulate why you're standing there so that you can get more people on your side. Amen. Rick Green, thank you so much for all you do. Really appreciate Patriot Academy. This is something that we're actually implementing for our students here at Liberty University. For the Freedom Center Society, biblical citizenship training is absolutely critical, not only to teaching them how, but showing them how. They actually get to participate in the process of being a citizen, exercising and stewarding God's gifts in that. I think that's so important. Folks, stick around for final thoughts. Hey, thank you for watching the Give Me Liberty podcast. Great conversation with Rick Green. Something to keep in mind. While the traditional supports of the institutions of education, justice, and the civic sphere have generally held the Constitution and the rule of law, they can only be buttressed by the people who support it. Without the eternal vigilance of the collective will of the American people, freedom cannot ultimately be safeguarded by ink on parchment. If no one is committed to these self-evident truths of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, there is nothing to keep those freedoms intact. If no one is committed to the laws of nature and nature's God, those rights that come from God will not be safeguarded. The freedoms that we hold so dear and that were purchased with the ultimate sacrifice, the last full measure of devotion, 
cannot pass along to our children in the bloodstream. They must be taught. This is what Ronald Reagan's argument was about all along. That is why biblical citizenship training is so important. I'm thankful for Rick Green and Patriot Academy for coming on today. I appreciate what they're doing as a model for our nation. Much of what they do at the youth level and high school level mirrors what Liberty University is doing at the collegiate level in the classroom and in Washington, D.C. I've said it often. Education is evangelism because it is imbuing young people with a worldview that is inherent to their understanding, not only of reading, writing, and arithmetic, but to truth, morality, virtue in a commitment to the permanent things that cannot pass away. And we are well past the crisis level for worldview in this country. That is why Liberty University, as one of the top conservative schools in the nation, is so important to education, not just for making students competently equipped to perform a job, but as champions for Christ to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and hold the line and stand for freedom. If we don't do it, who will? Food for thought. Until next time, God bless you.